I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 26, My Law to Govern My Church, Studying Doctrine and Covenants, sections 41 through 44. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come-follow-me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, She Wrote. So let's jump straight into it. Let's talk about how God is a perfect parent. Um, he teaches us slowly, right? He doesn't expect us to learn everything all at one time. It's very line upon line, precept upon precept. Um, we see this in Doctrine and Covenants section 42, verse 61. Um, also, he wants us to ask questions. Um, I've never met a teacher. Okay, let me rephrase. I've never met a good teacher. <laughs> who wanted their student to just sit there and be quiet and not say anything. Most teachers, again, most good teachers I've known, and I've known a lot of teachers over the years, have wanted interaction. When students have questions, they want them to raise their hands and ask questions um, so they can answer their questions, so they can help them continue to learn. And God is exactly the same. He wants us to ask questions. And we see this in Doctrine and Covenants section 42, verse 68. Um, There's a come follow me quotation I wanted to read that I really love. It says, in this revelation, we learn truths that are fundamental in establishing the Lord's church in the latter days, including significant promise and clear that there is always more to learn. If thou shalt ask, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge. Um, And I think that that's so, it's so fundamental, exactly as it says, it's so fundamental in our learning as a church, our learning as human beings, and then in God's ability to teach us, we have to be willing to ask him questions in order to be able to receive answers. Um, One of my favorite things that the Come Follow Me said was, what questions can you ask in order to receive the revelation you need? Um, And I just love that because I think sometimes we want specific answers, but we're not really sure what our questions are, or we're not really sure how to ask our questions. And I think just taking all of our doubts, all of our questions, and just bringing them to Heavenly Father, will help us find answers that we need. At least I know that it has for me. Okay. And then one last thing I want to talk about with Heavenly Father as a parent is as with every parent, he wants his kids to get along. (laughs) He wants us to get along with each other and love each other. Um, We see this in Doctrine and Covenants section 42 verses 30, 40 through 43, verse 45. Um, We see it in Acts 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 32. We see it in Moses, uh, chapter 7, verse 18. Um, And we see it in Mosiah, which I'm actually going to read. Mosiah 4, uh, verses 14 through 15 says, And ye will not suffer your children that they go hungry or naked. Neither will ye suffer that they transgress the laws of God and fight and quarrel one with another. And the same devil who is the master of sin or who is the evil spirit which hath been spoken of by our fathers, he being an enemy to all righteousness. But ye will teach them to walk in the ways of soberness. Ye will teach them to love one another and to serve one another. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Why why would he teach us this? Why is it so important 
to Heavenly Father that we learn to take care of one another when he is very capable of taking care of every single one of us. Okay, that's what the baby thinks. He, he's he got answers over here. He's like, I was just beyond the veil a minute ago. Like, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the plan of salvation. And I think here's where we're going to find the answer to these questions. Um, one of the talks that the uh, Come Follow Me recommends reading is I Was a Stranger by Linda K. Burton from April 2016 General Conference. And one of the things she says in here is, let me find the page, my beloved sisters, we can be assured of Heavenly Father's help as we get down on our knees and ask for divine guidance to bless his children. Heavenly Father, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost are ready to help us. I added the us, ready to help. So why does Heavenly Father want us to learn to love each other? Why does he want us to learn to get along with each other, to take care of each other. I think because, well, let me tell you a story and I think we'll get there. My, I have four kids. I have two little girls and then I have two little boys. Um, my second daughter, Ginny, I call her my bean, my little Ginny bean, is one of the most empathetic little creatures I've ever known. She is the one that if any of the kids are crying, um, unless she's the one who's inflicted the pain <laughs> most of the time. If one of the kids, especially the boys, because they're both younger than she is. Um, if one of the boys are crying, she's the one who will go to them and she'll softly put her hand on their head or on their shoulder and talk to them or sing to them and try to help them calm down and let them know that they're loved. Um, the other day I was making gravy and so I couldn't walk away from the pot when um, my eldest son, he's two, um, woke up from his nap and he was grumpier than grumpy. He was the grumpiest little dude, just crying and he would not, he wouldn't have any of it. And at first I just thought, oh, he thinks he's still locked in his room because we have to, <laughs> we have to close his door and lock it to keep him in his room at nap time and bedtime. Otherwise he'll wander the house and we've had issues with him wandering into the middle of the street in the morning before mom wakes up. So that's not safe. Anyway, so I was thinking, oh, he thinks he's still locked in his room, but his door is actually unlocked. Um, so I told my other daughter, Julia, I said, hey, go unlock his door. She unlocked it. She goes, he's still crying, mom. I don't know what his deal is. And she's like, whatever. She moves on. <laughs> so Ginny goes in there and I can hear Ginny talking to Edmund. She goes, hi, Edmund. It's Ginny. Hi, buddy. How are you doing? Are you okay? Why are you so sad? Just talking to him, just the sweetest kid. He still didn't want anything to do with it. He was still super grumpy, but she shows such empathy. If I have to leave, you know, the baby for a minute and he starts crying, Ginny's the one who runs over and holds onto his hand or rubs his head and sings Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star or whatever songs she can think of at the time. And this tenderness and this need and this natural desire to care for each other, I see it in my kids over and over and over again. Um, I see it most in Ginny, but the other kids do it to each other all the time. My little, um, my son Edmund will take care of the baby where he'll go and do the same thing or um, my oldest will rock the baby she, um, without even thinking about it, without being asked. If he starts crying, she'll just hold him and rock him. Um, 
which is pretty funny to look at because she's not exactly a huge kid and uh, the baby kind of is a giant baby. So it's a, uh, it's kind of comical to watch, but it's very sweet. So why, why do we find this in children, this natural desire to take care of each other, this inkling to be there for each other. But then somewhere along the line, as we grow into adults, we kind of lose this and we become a little more self-absorbed and we kind of lose our natural inclination to take care of our fellow man. Um, and we have to actively choose empathy. We have to actively choose selflessness. Um, and I think to become like God, we have to learn to love like God. We have to actively make the choice to love like God. And that only happens in the service of others. Um, in Matthew, uh, chapter 19, verse 19, it says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And I think a lot of the times I remember hearing one time, there's the golden rule, right? Love, love one another as you would have them love you. And then there is the platinum rule is love one another, how they would have you love them or something like that. And I remember thinking about that and being like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then as I was getting ready for this podcast, I, this dawned on me, just a combination of different things I was listening to that selflessness doesn't mean to love yourself less. So selfless doesn't mean to love yourself less. Does that make sense? Um, we are to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? So if I don't love myself, how am I supposed to love my neighbor, right? So I still have to show love for myself. Being selfless and showing love for other people doesn't mean that I have to love myself less. It doesn't mean that... Um, it just means that I'm not my focus all the time, 100% of the time. I can definitely be my focus sometimes. I definitely need to be my focus sometimes, right? We hear all the time that, especially as moms, you can't pour from an empty cup and all this kind of stuff. Um, and so I think that there definitely, you know, needs to be a balance in terms of what we give and what we receive and um, what we what we put in and what we put out. Um, but I think we're so much better able to serve when we serve from a place of love than from a place of requirement, if that makes sense. And so I think one of the reasons, one of the many reasons we've been asked to serve each other and to love each other and to take care of each other is so that we develop that divine nature, that we develop that divine love, um, which gets us closer to being like Heavenly Father. Um, one of my favorite things that um, Sister Burton said in her talk that I'm going to read right now is about our divine nature as women. Um, and she says, recognizing our divine nature, President Russell M. Nelson urged, we need women who know how to make important things happen by their faith and who are courageous, um, who are courageous defenders of mortality and families in a sin-sick world. Women who know how to call upon the power of heaven to protect and strengthen children and families, married or single, you sisters possess distinctive capabilities and special intuition you have received as gifts from God. We brethren cannot duplicate your influence. Um, 
Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but I've mentioned it a couple of times. If you're new here, um, I record these podcasts a couple of weeks before they actually launch. So the one that I'm recording right now, it is um, Easter. It's uh, April 3rd today. But by the time you listen to it, if you listen to it on the day it comes out, it will be April 19th. So I'm a couple of weeks ahead. Um, so we're watching General Conference. We just finished Saturday session. And one of the things that came to me, one of the things I noticed the most um, was, for me was the talk of women and our influence. Um, and I feel that this is something powerful for me um, because... I don't know. No, I do know. I know that the world does not value women the same way that God values women. And what I mean by this is the world right now is really focused on equalizing in a terms of sameness men with women, making men equal to women women equal to men. And I don't mean that I'm against equality by any means. Like, absolutely, you shouldn't make less money because you're um, one gender or the other gender. You shouldn't, you know, um, have harder living conditions or you, you know, the way that the world treats you should be equal, but our roles are not equal in terms of being the same. Okay, let's talk about balance versus harmony for a second, right? So with balance, we want the same, right? We want the exact same weight. Um, if we think of a balance, if we think of like one of those scales that has, um, I wish I could draw a picture for you guys, but it's like has the uh, the bar in the middle and there's a bar on top. So it makes like a T and then there's like baskets on each side, right? In order to make them equal, in order to make them the same, we have to put the same amount of weight on both sides, right? And I've talked about this before. Um, but I think that the world is so focused on making things the same that it, it wants things balanced, right? Well, in my experience, um, my husband and I have been married for 10 years. It'll be 11 years in August. And um, marriage isn't about balance. It's about harmony, right? Sometimes I give a little and he gives a lot because I don't have a lot to give, right? Especially right after having a new baby, I'm kind of consumed with the new baby, right? I'm not sleeping at nights. I'm up feeding the baby all the time. I'm trying to heal after having the baby. Um, I say this with my three-month-old asleep in my arms right now. You could hear him chattering earlier in this uh, particular episode. But um, so he, he pulls up the slacks, the things that I would usually do, he does. Um, with the other kids because I'm not there to do them, but it has harmony, right? It creates harmony in our, in our marriage where, when I can't, he does. And then at the same time, um, my husband is a drama teacher. And so three times a year, there's one week during a part of the year, three, three weeks out of the year, um, he's got a show going on, like actively going on and he is gone early in the morning and he does not come home until late, late in the evening. We're talking like 10 30, 11 o'clock. Um, 
because he's he's with the drama kids doing the play or doing the musical and uh, cleaning up afterwards and whatnot. And so during those times, I give more and he gives less because he has less to give because he's putting work and effort into his job. Um, I pull the slack. I pull. I pick up the slack and do the things that he would usually do at home. Um, he usually reads bedtime stories to kids and does the bedtime routine with the kids because he's gone during the day. And so that's kind of the time he gets to spend with the, with our kids, except during show weeks, um, which is when I do it. And so that's harmony. And I think that that's, you know, we're, we're equal partners in our marriage. One of us isn't, you know, a dictator and the other one, just the subservient, I don't know, servant who just does what the other one says we're equal partners and we talk about things and we, you know, make decisions together. Um, but the way that we serve isn't equal, it's complementary, right? And I think that sometimes we forget that our role as women is not to do exactly the same things as our husbands, um, or that our husbands shouldn't be doing exactly the same things that we do. And I'm not talking about housework or I'm not talking about, um, you know, who mows the lawn, um, I'm talking about the way that we serve our families. And I think that sometimes, and the way that we serve um, Heavenly Father and the way that we serve in our society and the influence that we have is very different. And it's supposed to be like that. They're not supposed to be the same. If they were exactly the same, there wouldn't be any purpose, right? Um, <clears throat> if they served exactly the same purpose, we would we would only need one. We wouldn't need two. We need have two because we need we have two different purposes that need to be, um, served. Anyway, let's talk about application, right? How do we, how do we turn all of my rambles and babbling into an application? And I feel like, um, ultimately what well, I kind of I feel like I said this last week as well, but ultimately it comes down to revelation for ourselves and knowing what our purpose is and what we're here to do. And that comes from talking with our Heavenly Father and asking Him, getting down on our knees and talking to Him and creating that relationship with Him where we ask and we find out what it is that He sent us here to do. Um, because we made promises before we came to this earth. Um, and He says over and over again, you know, if thou shalt ask, thou shalt receive. Um, therefore, he that lacketh wisdom, let him ask of me and I will give to him liberally and upbraideth not. Right? Like over and over again, He tells us to ask. Um, and that we will receive if we ask. And maybe um, kind of swinging back over to that come follow me question of what questions you can ask in order to receive the revelation you need. Figure out what's the thing that you're struggling with right now? What is it that you need to receive revelation on? And how, what kind of questions can you be asking to get those answers? Um, and I will talk to you next week.